Hello and welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont, all the stuff you want to know and very little that you need to know. I am Eric Ozempa. Brady Stuffel. Hey, Brady. How is the snow going for you? Digging yourself out and uh, yeah. feeling around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we got through it. Uh, it's wet. It was heavy. I think it's done for now. The sun is out. It's supposed to be 40 degrees today, which to me is very relieving because I was looking at the trees going, ooh, ooh. they're all pretty stressed out. They're pretty leany, weepy, you know, just waiting for branches to break. And I'm seeing stuff melt, drop, and it's like, okay, each time that happens, you go, there's a little bit less chance that something's just going to snap off. And, you know, my neighbor uh, across the alley had the power guys come out to reconnect his power line because he had a big blue spruce in the back and a, a large limb. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Just power line. So, you know, we made it out without anything. I thought weather like this is going to be a coin flip on whether or not we made it through with power. We did okay. So, yeah, we're here through the end of it now, and uh, there's just people walking down the middle of the street, uh, you know. You know, I'll tell you, the 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 street, our street is really pretty bad to get out of. Um, and, you know, just a little plug for Subaru. So my Subaru was able to get out, no problem right. at all. But it's the ends, you know, the end of the streets always that, like, uh, this giant honkering snowbank yeah. at the end of the, every street. So well, That's where yeah. the plows go. The plows push yeah. and make a big berm. Yeah. So that was yeah. always the issue um, back in Minnesota was doing this side the the driveway itself wasn't ever that bad yeah but then you get to the end and there's like this four foot wall of dense snow that's been mushed and mangled <laughs> and stuff and of course everybody's got a snow thrower snow blower or whatever but yeah uh, not so much sure. so no this was a get out early get out often kind of thing the first time we went out once once there had been snowing for a few hours like okay this is no joke this is so wet it's so heavy uh but we made it so we're on the other side of that now so um yeah, so i have a every- question for you sorry go ahead no, I was going to say, everything's closed. I got a call from the eye doctor this morning. I had an eye appointment later today. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to reschedule. And then I had a plumber that was supposed to come out and look at the hot water heater. And he said, oh, we're closed today, too. So I got to reschedule all kinds of stuff. But yeah, not, not many people are working. Kelsey's working today. But, um, you know, I, I'm i not sure that I'm going to get anything done other than this. Today. <laughs> you know, walk up and down the block. And it's trees kind are of really like pretty. A- kind of a snow day you know that was one of the criticisms i think that denver public schools got today i don't know about saint frain i'm guessing they're closed too probably I think not so. city facilities but, are all closed yeah yeah but i'm i was i actually made national news that that they were like oh snow days still exist yeah because you know there's this speculation because of the pandemic and we'd learn to do distance learning and everything and right. that snow days would be a thing of the past so i think like there's merit in having snow days and and taking a break outside of just the you know like everything gets to shut down you get to have that sense of novelty and it's like weird times and it's just i don't know i always like snow days and take a little bit of time off working all the time yeah, it's grind you know it's nice to have a yeah. little change a little, no little i agree exotic. yeah yeah that's cool yeah um, my question for you was like, have you ever had a desire or owned a snowblower? I haven't needed one, not here. Yeah. Cause yeah. I need it once or twice a year. If I, this would have been the only time really that in recent memory that I thought, geez, this would be really nice to have a snowblower because yeah. it was so wet and so heavy. But even then, like they can get plugged up on the inside when the snows is wet, they clog. Cause I mean, if you, if you were out shoveling, you know, that you're, that's your bottom of your shovel, your top of your shovel clogs up with snow and you got to tap it and then you got to, you know, throw half the snow twice. And it's like, okay, well this, this really stinks. I guess they should get some like snowboard wax or something and wax the thing. Up. Well, they used to tell you to like spray cooking spray on your shovel, like back in the seventies. And that was a useless, yeah, that was a feature useless from, um, information. Yeah. Oh. From, um, Pam, the cooking, Lamp- Pam, the cooking spray. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> National lampoons, Christmas, whatever they yeah. did that. They had that just that the, 
kid was going to go sledding on some like metal disc and Clark Griswold's got this like super spray from his development company. He's like, this stuff is made. I can't remember what he said, but it was like, this stuff's made for military use or something. And he sprays this thing. And then the whole scene is this kid shooting down this hill at this, you know, 0.5, the speed of light or something. Just like, oh, <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's a running joke. Yeah. It's so, cool. So yeah, yeah. Longmont and Longmont. Otherwise we got, um, yeah, we got stuff. we got some buzz stuff to talk yeah, about. So go all ahead. All sorts of closures, whatever, blah blah blah. Sure. Let's see if we find some Longmont specific stuff um, before we get into it. There's another discussion, the perpetual discussion about what to do with the, the sugar mill. City Council is slated to hear results of Urban Land Institute study on the, the site later this month. And I read this article. It's by the Longmont leader. Thanks so much over there. Um, basically, they're saying, hey, maybe they'll put in a steam facility. So. Um, science and art technology and I, yeah, I, yeah yeah you know, that's the one yeah oh maybe they'll do that maybe they'll do this maybe they do that and it's like we have heard this discussion about the sugar mill since i've been here i don't know once a year oh maybe we'll do some, there's a developer yeah there's always going to be a developer interested and they go oh actually it is really expensive to pull asbestos out of there maybe yeah and yeah. so i don't i think someday it'll happen um but what this is saying with their analysis is saying well you know would you want to spend money there? Or do you want to spend money in the main street corridor? And yeah. I never really thought of it as an either or, but if it's going to say, yeah, there's, there's a limited pool of funds. What's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know that the city's going to pony up a lot. Uh, we'll see, you know, maybe something will come out of it. Um, I'd love to see that redeveloped, but then, yeah, they're saying it's full of hazards. They're saying there's obstacles and priorities, blah, blah, blah. Polly Christensen said she'd rather see the, well, she's on, uh, she's on the city council and my neighbor, she only was like, few houses away wow it's right up the street for me um said she'd rather see the downtown taken care of and then the 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 funniest takeaway i thought was um among those incidents reported there's been vandalism and stuff that's been going on four suspects broke into the building using a sledgehammer and spray paint at a port of the wall causing 500 dollars in damage and it's like you show up with a sledgehammer. A sledgehammer, I, yeah. That shows you yeah. what the building is worth at this point. This is my big takeaway. Just going like, yeah. They show up with a sledgehammer, sledgehammer stuff, and spray paint and vandalize. It's like, yeah, five hundred bucks. Yeah. And then <laughs> a group of suspects broke into the eastern portion of the plant and broke twelve vehicle windows, causing fourteen hundred bucks in damage. So there's been these instances that have caused like this trivial sum of money. They said that there's like remnants from meth labs and you know people sleeping there and arson. So it's a big mess. I personally, I mean, maybe your views differ, but personally, I don't see anything happening this year, next couple of years. Well, you know, it's really funny. I would have said, you know, when we were talking about our special uh, frenetic segment on downtown Longmont, that if you would have said the turkey plant would be gone and yeah. there'd be apartments there, I would have said, you know, 20 years ago, I would have said, that's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, I think and that there's... So I think that, you know, I think that there is a possibility, but again you're going to have to find something that is resonates with a lot of people and is something where people can just, it's going to have to be a public private partnership where there's a cleanup effort, obviously for all the, all that stuff that's going on. It's not just, I don't think it's just the asbestos. I think there's also land toxicity over there or something. There's all kinds of stuff going on over there. And they, I mean, there's a laundry list of junk and they're saying basically like it's going to take a lot to get this done. Yeah, I think with the turkey plant, it was in a more valuable part of town that was being revitalized. Yeah. There's more energy and momentum there. And then I, I think 
it slowed down. There was speculation that there was an issue along the tracks, maybe coal dumping or creosote or other materials a bit because it yeah. slowed down. They said, oh, it's going to be done soon. And then like it stopped. A bunch of work came. Workers came in and cleaned a bunch of stuff up. Yeah. Then, so they had to, I think they had to mitigate some soil issues. So they had to actually bring in soil to get rid of the toxic soil. So, right. Yeah. Or, so they, they ran yeah. into stuff there, but I, I think that it's known to be really bad over the sugar mill. So, yeah. Um, not yeah. surprised that it hasn't happened yet. Like I said, I do think it'll happen eventually. On what timeline is anybody's guess? Well, uh, and you know, the thing that's fascinating to me is I don't really find it too much of an eyesore, it doesn't bother me. From a dis, it's I like, don't look at it and go, "Oh my gosh, that that just you know, to be you know, to be frank." What really bothers me more than anything is if there was a way to to gussy up or or make beautify the storage area that's over there with the boats and the RVs. If I didn't have to see that, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be looking at the silo and going, "Oh, it's Longmont's history," you know, sugar right. beets, blah blah. And if there was a way to make sure it's a you know it's a safety and health issue too, so you got to make sure people are are not going in there and you know hopefully you know being safe and that sort of thing. So we have not been successful on that front. What yeah, it, what yeah. makes me think about is like in the world of classic cars and classic bikes, people go, oh, you got a nice looking bike, and then you say oh, it's oh it's a ten footer or it's a five foot, it's a twenty footer because it looks good from like a certain amount of distance, and then you yeah. get up close and you're like, yeah. oh that's just garbage, that's just ruins, yeah. it's all. <laughs> It's rust and dust and, and, you know, crumbling brick and the ceilings falling in and stuff. And so if you're, you know, and nobody lives next to it. So that's no, fine. No. But yeah, from a distance, I don't mind it either, to be honest. And I would say I have the same critiques, but it really doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't really bother me. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of the, one of those things that you might be depressed at looking at, but it really doesn't bother me at all. So, right. Yeah. I'm weird that way. So it doesn't, no, I, I gotta yeah. say, I, I don't feel too bad about it either. There's been some drone shots. If anybody's interested, go search up like sugar mill drone shots because people have flown drones through there. Uh, making for some pretty interesting footage because um, you don't want to go in there on your own. I mean, people, no, people do. No. There's foundational issues. There's also issues. So don't do that. Yeah. Uh, so talk about other stuff in Longmont. We have our guest is here. Take just a second. We this one this one really got me. Um, at Best Buy in town, some guys made off with fifty six hundred bucks in electronics recently. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I can't believe that that happened. That just blows my mind. They just like, walked in there and ran out, I guess. Huh? Yeah. yeah, so apparently they yeah. walked out of the store, grabbed the stuff they wanted, piled it up in an aisle, and then uh, a third guy showed up and just loaded it up onto a cart, or I don't know exactly. Um, just walked it out, loaded his car, and then drove away. And they're like, yeah, we, we don't know if you've got... <laughs> If yeah. you got any information, call it in. So if you know anything, there's a video on CBS Denver, the four news. Oh, it's well, like, I, I worked in retail. And I remember people like just crashing in the middle of stores and grabbing a bunch of clothes yeah. and running out. You know, it's just like, holy cow. Yeah. Well, there's stories about like the confidence is the key part, right? Yeah. You show up. I've heard stories similar to this, but less egregious where it's like somebody shows up with a dolly and a clipboard, loads up their, their dolly with beer and floats it into the trunk of their car. <laughs> it just drives away. And it's like, well, you know, you got it. But the thing is like, you got to show up with utmost confidence, just expecting it's going to work. Yeah. And then at the moment you we're, falter, we're not condoning any, sort no, of, nor no, are no. we encouraging people to do any sort of effort like that. No, so, but no. the stuff you we're can do commenting just, on it. Yeah. You act. Yeah. You act like it. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole philosophy about like testing vulnerabilities in corporate America and stuff like that. And so they'll right. say they'll, they'll hire yeah. a company and they'll say, we want you to see if you can break into our server. We want to see if you can lay hands on our server. Yeah. And I'll, more than once the story has been like, oh yeah. So the first thing we did was flag down the security guard. And he's like, oh, hold on. Let me help you. And it's like, <laughs> they, 
they're like, oh, in your line of work, do you need to pop keys? You know, do you need RFID codes? Do you need to? He's like, yeah, but once in a while, he just asks the security guard, like, oh, where's the location of your server room? He's like, hold on, let me take you. You show up <laughs> with a with a generic suit thing on, and you just he just walks you in. You get, yeah, get in there, you right. take a photo, and then you turn around and you you go home. So he said it's it's more that. So there's a yeah. common thing. So they that's what they did in Longmont Best Buy. So I think Best Buy corporate can handle the loss of fifty six hundred bucks in stolen merch. I don't condone it at all, but these types of stories are really really wild. It's interesting. Well, on that note, we're gonna we're gonna pivot a little bit here, and we're gonna go to our special guest, Sandy Cedar, with the uh, city of Longmont. Sandy is the assistant city manager. Correct. And um, so we're just we just wanted to have you on. And if you could describe a little bit about, you know, who you are and what you do in your role. But first, I want to ask you a quick question. We had a debate yesterday on our show about is it Longmonters, Longmontians, Longmonsters, Longmonticians? <laughs> what what do you prefer to be called or what do you think people prefer to be called? You know, I had always in press releases called people from Longmont Longmonters, but then uh, the Chamber of Commerce really helped to push Longmonster. So I think that's probably more more appropriate nowadays. Is that a hipster <laughs> thing, or do you think that that is? Do you think uh, myself being older, I don't, I've never considered myself a Longmonster, but you know, I I don't know if it's a hipster younger thing. I don't know. It comes from, do you remember the little buses that yeah. used to run around town yeah. and they were called the long monsters. And I think yeah. the chamber of commerce, Karen Stollard particularly kind of picked that up as, Hey, that is super cool. So, well, yeah, she's, we don't, we don't she's a rabble rouser. She's a rabble rouser. She is. Yeah. She is. Yeah. So I would say is? if it's, if it's Karen, it's probably more hip than I am. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brady and I are so grateful to have you in today. Um, just to talk to you briefly about your responsibilities. And so can you tell us and engage our listeners or enlighten them about what you do and your role? Yeah, you bet. So uh, I work for the city of Longmont. We are a full service community, which means full service government services for the community, which means we provide everything right down to electric, broadband, water, wastewater, solid waste, um, you know, your trash, recycling, composting, the whole nine yards, plus all the community services around library and museum and all that great stuff. Um, my job is I'm one of two assistant city managers, and I am the one that focuses on the shared services. So these are more internal facing services like uh, fleet and technology and communication, city clerk, utility billing, finance, the functions of finance, that, that kind of group. So there are 13 divisions in the shared services, and, and we form a small but mighty team that help the rest of the city do their job. That's awesome. And so I have to say, a, a thought came into my head, and it usually does when such disasters or such events happen, like a snowstorm and that sort of thing. Do you have like a red phone? And it's like the hotline and you and you and Harold and everybody else are like on the hotline and you're, I mean, serious, in all seriousness, do you have like a, are you thinking about these things like as the events occurring or is there like a, a secret Zoom meeting or, or something of that sort? I'm just, we're just curious. Yes, I wouldn't say it's secret, uh, but we, we, we use Teams a whole lot right now, for sure, yeah. with everybody yeah. you know working from home. Um, but we, we used to meet in the city manager's conference room when these kinds of events would start to, to happen, and now we do it virtually. So we have met, let's see here, for this particular snowstorm, we've met at 8 a.m. or 8.30 a.m. and 11 and 6, kind of every day, trying to make sure that we're planned and we're ready and what's the status and what's the next decision we have to make. 
um, and, and that kind of stuff. And it's a small group, depending on what it is. This is a snowstorm. So we have both of the snow crews, parks, sanitation, um, electric. We have kind of the, the group of folks that are affected by this particular storm. And so that way Harold can get status updates. We can figure out what decisions we need to make and what we need to communicate, which is what I work on. Yeah, no, that's, I, I, I actually think it's just amazing how, how, um, with ease it seems to work and nobody really sees that aspect, but you kind of perceive it's going on. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully we seem organized. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I mentioned already on, on the show, but my, or did I just mention Eric? doesn't matter. Uh, my neighbor had, well, I'm like, I'm trying to say like, Oh, I wonder if the people out there care as like waffle along. And now I've added on to my waffling. Um, but my neighbor just across the alley lost power because a large limb broke. And um, I don't know how long his power was out, but yesterday during the blizzard, Kelsey, my wife and I stood at the back door watching the crews work, the lineman work for a half an hour or more, getting him back up and running. And it's just like, wow. I mean, that job would suck one um, <laughs> out there in the snow. Cause they're up on a boom truck in the middle of 30 mile an hour winds, you know, and the guy's not wearing gloves and it's like, wow, what a hearty soul. Um, but yeah, I mean, driving this massive truck out through the snow, nothing's been plowed. Like the alleys are terrible. And they just wheeled up, they fixed it, and they got him reconnected. And I was like, well, wow. You know, if it's an actual broken line, I was actually quite impressed that the city was out responding that fast. So that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that must be your a little bit for you because there's some communications piece of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate you sharing that story because it happened probably a hundred times over the storm. Mm. Where we had different people that were out, you know, I know that at one point, um, just checking with communications, we were at 55 of those little outages. Well, you know, there, we didn't have any, we were very lucky. We didn't have any mass outages that took out huge neighborhoods. Uh, but just exactly what you're describing, lots of limbs down that hit the power lines. And so our folks were definitely hustling, um, mm. you know, both on the electric side, next light, uh, I, I believe had very few outages actually on the fiber side. So that was good. Um, but then, you know, you've got all the folks that are supporting the plows. So there are people who are plowing the streets, those who are working on sidewalks, those who are working on lots and alleys and, you know, and then those, uh, like our fleet folks ended up staying in town to try to make sure that we were there to help with broken down vehicles. It's yeah, it's a lot of folks. And then public safety who get, who, uh, their calls today seem to be people who are stuck uh, and don't know what to do. So, (laughs) yeah, so Storm like that, and this snow was particularly bad. It was so heavy and so wet, and it stuck to so everything heavy. so bad. So, yeah, yeah kudos there. So, and, yeah. and Sandy, you talked about being a full-service city. How many full-service cities are you aware of, or do you um, – because I, 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 you know, I, I think Brady and I would say, you know, Nextlight is truly an amazing thing, an amazing that the city, you know, owns – we own our own broadband. That's pretty unique and um, – Amazing. So can you speak to how unique Longmont is in that respect? Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. First broadband, first gigabit community uh, in Colorado. And so that does make it unique. When I talk about a full service city, I'm kind of talking city manager speak, because when you provide the utilities, that's what makes it full service rather than uh, because we provide our own water, wastewater, trash services, recycling, composting, you know, next light and electric. Those are the, those are the pieces that oftentimes people will contract out or you'll be part of a district or it's a private enterprise, that kind of thing. And in this case, the city provides all of those services, which is what makes it full, full service. And, you know, not everybody has electric. Um, You know, I think we've seen some of the battles in other communities trying to gain rights over electric services. 
Um, and very few have Nextlight, even though lots of them have voted to have their own internet, actually voting for it and actually getting it are two very different pieces. So yes, I would say we're very, very lucky in that respect. I think there's only three communities at this point that have um, their own internet services as well. And so I know Longmont, Loveland, Fort Collins, um, probably not ironically, it's those three communities that also have our own electric and are part of Platte River Power Authority. Mm, So I I think having your own power utility certainly helps to be able to have the infrastructure to then have all the poles uh, and internet utility. Yep. Yeah. So that's actually a big bragging point for me among my friends who all live, you know, in, in elsewhere in the country a bunch of self-professed nerds playing video games and they're like oh well, we want to try this new game it's 100 gigs and it's like oh i'm gonna go you know microwave something quick i'll be back and then it'll be done and they're like i'm not gonna say on air what they say to me but they they use some rather coarse words uh about my internet versus what they're paying for and what they get you know in iowa and minnesota and um you know out even out west in Portland and stuff. So that's that's been pretty good. I'm curious about what other communications efforts go into your job outside of these pieces, outside of like Storm and that stuff and, and you know, specific long or yeah. buildings and stuff. I would say there's, you know, we kind of lump it into two two segments, right? There's proactive public relations and there's reactive, you know, mm-hmm. public information. And so when there's a big storm or there's a big emergency or those kinds of things happen, then you're in that reactive mode where you're trying to get as much information to people as, as possible so that they know what the right things, what the right choices are to make. In this case, our big message was, please don't go anywhere. <laughs> our plows are yep. trying really hard to get out there and, and get the snow cleared, which, uh, which I think they have done, uh, at least on the major arterial roads. Now we're talking about, okay, well, what happens with all the residential roads? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so just trying to get out messages in order to help people make good decisions that way. But then the other side is that as taxpayers, you pay for all kinds of services that you may or may not know exist. And so we want to make sure that you know what those are, that you know what the events are at the museum or the opportunities at the rec center or what's happening at the library or, you know, how public safety, what kinds of programs that they're moving through right now to try to help keep the community safe, all the different utility programs and what your what your money is going for, really, mm-hmm. is what we're mm-hmm. looking for in the proactive side of public information and trying to make it easy for people. So we do lots of different channels. So everything yeah. kind of resonates on our homepage, but then we have social media and we're doing lots of translations. Everything for this storm has been translated into Spanish as well so that people hopefully have better access to information that way. So you have somebody dedicated to run the Twitter? We we, we all kind of, <laughs> we all try to <laughs> help with the Twitter, yeah. Okay. We do have one person that, uh, that is kind of special. We have a couple of people that specialize in social media and are just really good at it. So we work as a team. Um, some people are writing the press releases. Some people are releasing them. Some are working with the media. Others are are paying attention to social. And when we're not in that kind of emergency, then they kind of go back to their own departments and do proactive work for their own departments. Fantastic. And so, yeah. what 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 do you? Um, I was going to say this off air. We were we were kind of discussing before you came on, Sandy. But you know, what are you most proud of, like for Longmont? Where do you see the kind of the future going right now? You know, I really, you know, you you were talking about Nextlight. I'm so proud of Nextlight. I'm so proud to be part of of the city that has that kind of a service. And in this last year, I think one of the things that I'm most excited about are some of the different rates and different opportunities that Nextlight has has rolled out there for folks who are either low income or people who have students. Um, you know, Eric, you know, you and I work on the sharing the Nextlight uh, project, which provides oh yeah, very good <laughs> that uh, that provides. Um, internet to 
kids that are on free and reduced lunch programs for the schools. And in this year, right, what a huge need that was. And we had that already set up. We already knew that we, you know, had to be able to provide that kind of service to families. And of course, with the school, coupling with the school district who provided iPads for every student, um, you know, that's just an amazing place to live because I'm talking to friends of mine who live in other parts of the country and they, their school districts were completely unprepared. Nobody had internet access. Nobody had any kind of, you know, um, devices to be able to use. And even though it was a tough transition, I think, to go remote for all the schools, they were able to do it because they had already, you know, planned that level of infrastructure. We already had that level of service available and ready to go. So I just think that's amazing. And I'm looking forward to seeing what does it look like when the entire community is truly connected? Um, and so what, yeah. what can, what opportunities do we then have, right? When every single household has that opportunity. Absolutely. And I, I really applaud the city for kind of looking at the digital divide issue, you know, mm-hmm. before, way before even the pandemic, because, you know, accessibility and making sure that every student has the ability to get online, do homework, be engaged in the community is, is something to be applauded about. And, you know, and, and the city of Longmont doesn't take a bow. Um, and you know, I, I applaud their humility usually. Um, but I, sometimes I go, yeah, we probably should take a bow sometimes, but, but it was pretty amazing that not only with sharing the next life, but for me, and I know Brady and I've talked about this too, just the composting services we have, um, you know, because people are like, oh, we'd love to get composting in our city, but we don't have, you know, we contract with different providers and it's kind of a mess. And so I think having the city to actually handle that has made composting much easier too. And, you know, all those sorts of things that the city provides. Um, I do a full service community to me would, would hope that you'd be doing food delivery, but that hasn't happened yet. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I taught it full service and, you know, yeah, I, I know. Buy my own groceries. Well, you know, you, you say that, but I will tell you that in, in uh, several neighborhoods over the past year, we've had our children, youth and family staff that have been out there delivering meals and groceries and food. That's to those true. Neighborhoods. So, no. you know, yeah, <laughs> maybe not your food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're just Exactly. Bone yeah. idleness to be. That's scared. right. That's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, um, Sandy, before we let you go, anything else you'd like to let our listeners know about the community, or perhaps you know what you're engaged in the future, or anything else you'd like you, to know? You know, the only th- other thing I was going to mention is that this is Longmont's 150th anniversary, and that is so cool to be part of a community that is, you know, had has reached a maturity. <laughs> <laughs> of 150 years. Yeah. The museum's going to be opening uh, a um, an exhibit on it in August and I'm really excited to see that exhibit that they put together. We were able to, you know, have um you know, a, a through the museum able to do a really nice show on the actual anniversary of the city and it's just neat to be able to look back and just see how far we've come because to your point Eric there are not a lot of places that have their own electric, certainly not a lot that have their own broadband, but even our services like our waste and recycling and, and composting services are definitely ahead of that curve. And it really is because Longmont folks get involved in their community. They get involved in their government. They speak what it is that they need. And hopefully the government is responsive to those desires and wishes for the community. So it's, you know, we dream together and then we, we pull it off. And I just think as a community, that's so exciting to see. And this year we get to reflect a little bit on that and what it looks like. Well, and you're a great ambassador for Longmont. I, I just really appreciate and enjoy working with you. And I think we're so fortunate to have you in the position that you're in. So thank you very much. 
Well, I appreciate this conversation. Thanks so much for inviting me. It's totally making my day after out shoveling. <laughs> All right, and go back to the red phone. We know it's ringing right now, it's... so there's probably some emergency. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sandy, thanks for joining us. Have a great rest thanks. of your day. Thanks, you Sandy. Too. All right, Sandy Cedar, Assistant City Manager at the City of Longmont. I think that was a really cool conversation yeah. and got us to you know understand and appreciate some of the things that the city does. And you know, people come here, you know, we were just kind of grousing about the sugar mill. You know, mm-hmm. but in the context and the whole of like what the city of Longmont does, it's pretty amazing. I mean, like yeah. composting the the next light, some of the things that we have done that are so much more bold. But yeah, is the sugar mill like an eyesore? Is that an issue? Yeah, but I don't know if it'll be solved for a long time. But hopefully, other things will come into the city or the downtown, yeah. or even be, continue to be even more robust or. You know, God forbid, yeah, we, we, we may need have, to we have a bit rail, more, you we know. have rail or something like that someday. Right. <laughs> so. right. No, yeah, sore spots, right? <laughs> um, let's just do the sore spot hour with Brady and Eric. Just get all sorts of flame mail. Uh, yeah, but I mean, there's there's still potential to expand and grow on the Main Street corridor. And I, for me, I see that as more of a low-hanging fruit than spending a bundle of money on something out there. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, there's going to be growth. And then at one point, that'll be, you know, the path of least resistance. And we'll do that. And that's fine. But... I mean, I, I will say that when Next Light was rolling out, I was like, ah, when's my Next Light getting here? Because I, I remember one day I was on the, the phone with Comcast or Xfinity, whatever it's called now, the elite worst customer history or customer service rating in the entire country. And I remember they, they punted me around, and I'm not making this up, 10 or 12 times. I can't remember the exact number anymore, but it was, I think it was more than 10 times they, they transferred me to somebody else. I said, oh, sir, we can't resolve that. Let me transfer you. It's like, Okay, and at one point you're just like counting it off on your fingers, going, "Well, we'll just, we'll just see how many we can rack up before anything gets done." And then you know, then they call after the fact, and they're like, "Well, sorry to lose your business. Can we give you this exceptional rate?" It's like, okay, so you're going to sort of match the rate that I'm going to get on this new great thing, yeah, forever, and give me worse service, and then I probably have to call and talk to you again. Yeah, no. And I have to say, I didn't tell this to Sandy, but you know, I want to be on record. The next light service bar none. Like their customer service is yeah exceptional. It's it's all like if you're if there's a thread online about oh why should I move to Longmont? It's like next light yeah it shows up. And yeah. when I first plugged all my stuff in, I said hey man I'm I'm not getting what I'm supposed to get. I'm getting like half the speed that I'm supposed to get in these tests. And we you know I I called and immediately there was a person yeah and he's like oh okay and he didn't go like well did you unplug the thing you know it's like <laughs> he gave me some level of confidence you know competence he, you know it was assumed yeah. that I had and he's like well check. Make sure that your cable, like you have, you know, a cat six and not a cat five. And I said, Oh, that's I don't have that. And he said, Well, that'll limit your speed. And I did that and he fixed it. And that's like the type of thing that I would have been on the phone with for two hours with yes. with experience. Yes. So I gotta say, like, I've been impressed with a good great number of things that the city has done. Next light being one of them. Um, the way that they handle stuff in general is pretty great. Um, would I like to see the side streets plowed more? Yes. People tell me I'm a big wiener and stuff about that, but you know. I, my cars are snowed in. Like it's, it's bad. If I can get to the main streets, it's not bad anymore. Yeah. Uh, you, you live with it. You get, you get used to it. Um, so yeah, there you go. Pretty cool yeah. conversation. All right. We got a couple of other things we wanted to mention too on the podcast, which, uh, you already talked about the merch being booted from Best Buy, but, uh, the ban on plastic bags. I thought that yeah, was Yeah. So there's a, there's a that. bill being proposed uh, right now. It's like statewide that would ban all single use plastic. So we're talking plastic bags to styrofoam stuff at restaurants. And I mean, there's, 
yeah, there's ups and downs to that. There's a lot of environmental benefits, but I mean, that's what I used to pick up dog poop. I don't really throw them away. And that's what I used to, to line my little trash cans in the house. I will say that I get many more in than I have out. So my, my storage for these things is like well full at this point. They actually kind of drive me crazy to be honest. I mean, cat litter and stuff like that, but yeah, um, right. But there's a certain amount of uses. And then after that you go, well, you know, do I really need these? And so I'm, you know, I think it's it could go somewhere. There, it's still being proposed. So that's something that's being talked about. Not something I expected, um, especially no. now. You know, with everything no. else going on, but they're they're finding space to at least take take up the conversation. Yeah, it's interesting. And then uh, we have a large parcel of land being mm-hmm. purchased by the city of Longmont, so that'll be interesting. It looks like it's going to be used for some upgrades to water <laughs> treatment and some other things. So yeah, not one of these things that's really like, oh boy, this is you know front line news. <laughs> front pages right (laughs) but you're talking about spending as a city about a million bucks to buy almost 20 acres of privately owned farmstead um southeast of the nelson flanders water treatment plant that's west of the city and i know everybody obviously knows where that's at you know everybody knows where they're they're (laughs) but it's i think it's out close to lions is basically it is yeah um and so the the actual address is 1312 north 53rd street which i didn't even know we had a 53rd street but i guess you get way the heck over there um, and they're talking about buying that and doing some upgrades and tanks and whatever. So um, when it comes to this stuff, you need to be proactive. You know, it's not the kind of thing. Nobody wants to buy tires for their car, uh, but everybody regrets not buying tires for their car uh, when they've slid sidelong into a ditch, you know, because it's it's wet and they didn't. Yeah, they couldn't exactly. Stop in time. So you got to do it. You don't want to buy a new roof. You got to buy a new roof. You got to well, have somewhere. Well, and when we're talking about water, and that's one of the things that, again, that's touted about Longmont is, is that we actually have access to water. We, the, the founders of the community purchased water a long time ago, and uh, we're one of those fortunate communities in a semi-arid area that actually yeah. has access to water, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, so. water, water rights are, are a big deal. Uh, speaking yeah. of, nice segue, uh, speaking of the Twitter, which is why I asked her, I was looking at the old Tweety Ruski uh, and the city of Longmont has some interesting stuff on there. They have a water efficiency master plan thing that's going on. And they have a, I think like a water, what are they calling it? Water, water week or something coming up. So they're looking to do a conservation effort if you're interested in more of that. Um, but that, that's important. I mean, we, where we live now, this recent snowstorm is sort of bailing us out of another drought year. Like we got. So wait a minute, time out. Actually, we were on average for snowfall. So I've heard that from so many people. No, we were on no, average. No, everything yes, we are. No, we're not. After the, after the storm. No, before the Go, storm. We were, on, your, we were on 35 inches. We were at 35 your, inches for the year. It's not just snow, though. It's overall water accumulation for the year. It's not okay, just but like isn't snowfall. snow water? It, yeah, but like you can't <laughs> just say, we got enough snow, ergo, we are not in a drought. We have to have enough precipitation over the course of the entire year in order to be on No, I understand that the lakes and reservoirs have to be full. I get that. But yeah, I was, so we were not I've heard target. about people talking about we were so dry. And I was like, no, we've got, actually got a lot of snow this year. We, we have plenty so. of snow. We don't have enough overall precipitation. This storm is supposed to drag us just out of drought levels or yeah. into the not so bad drought levels. So that's, but like the, the point is climate has shifted. Yeah. The, the models that they used to use like are not necessarily accurate anymore. And we need to think about how we're going to interact with water in the future. Us and everybody above and below. Oh, gosh, yeah. Of us, so. yeah. I mean, yeah. And I want to dispute, you know, needing water. And, you know, and for me, we went, you know, we went hiking a couple of weeks ago and I was shocked about how dry it is in the hills. 
I will say that. I mean, up by right. Rocky Mountain National Park, I was kind of shocked. It seemed really like it was going to be below average. So yeah. be curious to know what the measurements are because they're going to do those fairly soon in the hills just to see where our snowpack is. I, you but, know, I don't go up to the hills in the winter usually, but what yeah. I've heard is that yeah. it, it felt low. That's what people were it saying. Did. It did. It felt low. So um, we'll, so we'll see, that. but, but here on the East Plains, I did, I really didn't think it was that bad, but anyway, yep, so that aside, we will, we will, uh, you know, if you want to reach out to us, the side dish longmont at gmail.com and let me know that I'm wrong, then certainly by there all you means, go, let me know I'm wrong. Let's do it. Um, um, also on the Tweety, there was a, an Arbor Day tree sale and just like, as this is going on right now, uh, I was going to mention this Yeah. and Chad was saying, um, I'm not going to say exactly what he said, cause he's not, he's not in a good headspace right now. So it doesn't have, uh, <laughs> But he said trees, these these trees went on sale and they're sold out already. So that that tree sale was supposed to start this morning, I think today. And he said it's it's already sold out. So is this the um, there's an annual tree sale that's mm-hmm. like that's through this. the oh I can't remember what it's called. It's the Colorado Arbor Day tree sale is what yeah. it is. And but they're they, usually like saplings and that sort yep. of things. Like and they're cheap, yeah. like they're yeah. you know they're very inexpensive and. They're saying it's pre-order only from March 15th to April 11th, and it is March 15th, and apparently one hour after it opening, they're wow. gone. He said there was only two, two or 22 left of something that he want, um, and he's he's a bit upset. So, so maybe he's, like, he's, he's grousing about that. Okay, he's grousing. He's grousing. He's gonna have yeah. to go off to the to the tree farm or whatever and pay full price or plant <laughs> some tree seeds or whatever you do. Um, you know, trees are trees are beautiful. They're a wonderful asset. Um, they are they help for urban greenscaping and yes. you know climate change and keeping the local temperatures down. And it's just nice to have, right? It is. And if you can get a deal on them, it's great. And I was going to tout this thing, and then he came on, like literally, uh, timestamps is three minutes ago, um, and said, "This is you know, there's they're out. So it's too bad that they're out already. I'd like to see more of that because that's a really cool program. I like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, and again, uh, people. Think about what kind of tree you want to put in your house. So mm-hmm. is the you know 80-foot blue spruce uh, suitable for your area? Right. I mean, we see some of those where you're like this massive tree in this tiny yard. So, yeah. you know, and we used to have one of those in my front yard. We had a 60 to 80 foot thing and it was yeah. sort of canted toward yeah. the house. And yeah. the whole, like the whole house was in the dark. And then yeah. there was this mound of old deadfall and mulch and stuff. So we had that taken out and, you know, it's like to put something little there, but it's nice to have open space. So you have plenty of trees, you know, yeah. in the yard. And you then yeah. you got the guy across the alley who just had a bunch of branches fall down and it's like, well, you know, maybe it's not so bad. It's gone. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you have to think about that. And then, you know, you have to think about, do you want fruit falling over the place? Is your apple tree going to yield because you don't have another apple tree close by? Do you want to have a fruit tree? That's like a cherry tree. That's going to die in 20 years, which is what happened to my neighbor. He's like, well, I planted this when I was, you know, 55 and now the thing's dead. Cause he's 80 and it's like, well, okay, sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's well, and I, yeah. And I think that, you know, there's a really great resource. I would encourage people to do that. If you're looking at tree resources, like what to plant and that sort of thing and when, and I'd say the CSU uh, website for the master gardening program has got fact sheets and some other mm-hmm. information. So, mm-hmm. so I encourage people to go there, but on our subject that we were talking about last time, which was, you know, how do we call ourselves long monitors or whatever, Mm-hmm. We actually received an email from Weston who says, hey, guys, I grew up in Longmont, and this is an issue my best friend and I explored when we were kids. We landed on Longmonticians, <laughs> sort of in the style of beautician and mortician. <laughs> I feel like that that implies some sense of action. You know, a mortician <laughs> does something, you know, with the, the recently deceased and the beauticians do something. And the constructions, they go out there and do construction. But there's also kind of like, you could also say long magician is like a morphing of magician, like we create magic. Oh, wow. Magic. Magic. Uh, 
yeah, how does the internet work, right? It's magic. <laughs> it's tubes that run under the ground full of cats or whatever. So again, yeah. we encourage people to let us know what you would like to be called. So Eric, uh, sorry, side dish at side dish longmont at gmail.com. Is the there it is. He got there. Yeah, we got I there. I finally got there. So I think we should probably close this one out. Wrap her up, bud. That's right. Uh, but I, as always, I want to thank Andy Epler for our intro song. Um, I want to thank uh, Brady, of course. You're always, of course. Just, you know, you're riveting and a good, uh, good person to do this with. Thanks to Sandy Cedar for uh, joining the show and uh, for giving us her information about the city of Longmont and what it's like to be the assistant manager over there. And also, um, just want to David. let everybody know that they can get us on wherever they find their pod content and let people know about the show. Rate us. Smash that um, like and subscribe, kids. Absolutely. And, you know, send us to the moon. That's right. If you like us, you know, rate us highly. If you don't yeah. like us, don't let us know. Yeah, but, don't. Um, we yeah. don't want to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> but again, reach out to us at sidedishlongmont at gmail.com with anything. Thanks. Thanks, Brady. Thanks so much. 